Looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dawaskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need with your host, Jeff Dawaskin. Darren, kicking off episode 14 like only you can do. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jeff Dewaskin Show. I'm Jeff Dewaskin, and we've got an amazing show for you today. One of the greatest comics ever, Craig Shoemaker, is here, and we'll be talking to him in just a few minutes. Yes, so excited. It's going to be great. But first, a little social media tip. All right. I think those segues are working out great. My daughter told me I needed them a couple episodes ago, and boom, here they are, fully produced. So here we are. I'm looking at my Twitter app. I'm trying to download the new one. It says, hey, we tested this new feature in May. Now everyone can use it. And it's you can actually create content and determine who can reply to your tweets, which is great, right? Because then I figured, oh, well, I could tweet about my mother-in-law, and then my mother-in-law can't reply to the tweet. Why are you so mean to me on Twitter, Jeff? Why are you on Twitter, Mom? Maybe you shouldn't be on Twitter. Anyway, so now I can avoid all that. But I can't find the feature. I downloaded it, and I can't find it anywhere. So I'm just going to have to pick this one up later. But I'm excited about this. I'm excited to block my mother-in-law from replying to my tweets about my mother-in-law. That's going to save me, like, hours every week. But here I am. I can't. Honey, why are you tweeting about me in the first place? Because it's funny. Get off my back, Mom. Oh, man. All right. And that's the social media tip. All right. And our sponsor today is Pens. Pens. For when you really think you know what you want to say and you're going to write it down correctly the first time. Pens. You don't get a second chance. All right. I also recommend buying a ton of pens. I tend to lose them. And it's a great way to support our sponsor. Our sponsor is the reason... We're able to keep the lights on and keep the show free week to week. So definitely go grab some pens. They're great. And I totally recommend they come in many different ink colors. So, you know, it's it's something you can really have around the house. Totally recommend it. Pens. There when you need them. And you know who has a pen? Our guest today, Craig Shoemaker. That's right. He's always writing stuff down. And that's how he writes some of the greatest comedy of all time. I'm excited to have him on the show. We talked for a long time. It was a great chat, covered a lot of topics. He's one of the greatest comedians of all time, and I'm excited to share our conversation with you. And here it goes. All right, we're here with Craig Shoemaker, modern day Renaissance man, comedian's comedian, one of the funniest people out there today. So happy to have him here. I love the one-off bio. You started off with the bio, and I'm going, I got to rewrite that thing. Modern-day renaissance, man. I I was looking at that, and I was like, oh, I can't top that, so I'm going to include that. (laughs) I don't usually go too much into the introduction with every credit, so that we, you know, can some surprises as we go along. Well, <laughs> you're doing you're doing an intervention on on my bios, which is fantastic. I've been meaning to. I'm going to write it down right now, and I'm taking care of this as soon as we're off of this. 
Oh, don't get rid of modern day Renaissance. I have to get rid of that. It sounds. It's oh, that's like that was. I read that and I'm like, that is awesome. That is people don't even know what it means. They think I've like you know I have a, a, a coat of arms. <laughs> I'm a knight of the shining of the round table. So you you've done you're a stand-up comedian, you're an actor, author, writer, producer. Anyone who goes to the comedy clubs, I know they know your name. So I'm excited to have you here. Well, I, they're not going to comedy clubs right now, so no, 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 I might no, as well no. take that off of the Renaissance man at this point. <laughs> Let's just go with actor and producer and uh, writer. We connected over Twitter, yeah. so we're Twitter buds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, we tweet a lot, a lot of hashtags. You know, those hashtags are such a great departure from the norm, and I absolutely love them. And they get me going. They get my comedy juices going. I wish I got paid for them, though. I'm trying to figure out how to get paid for funny hashtags. Besides, hey, love this, <laughs> or, or, or get a heart sign or something. I uh, I'm trying to monetize uh, the the creativity, but it's not easy now. That's the holy grail: getting paid to tweet. <laughs> I, I've been trying to get comedians a, lo- a long time to join in on those hashtags. You know, we do through hashtag roundup and stuff, but it's hard to get them kind of involved you know, with premises that they didn't. Right. <laughs> well, the jokes we're thinking of, that's the, you know, it's right. just a premise. How many premises are there, right? Relationships, exactly. uh, money. <laughs> There's not that many premises anyway, so you might as well, you know, go with someone else's uh, juice. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy it because it, it gets me, you know, thinking in a different direction. I, I don't have to deal with my kids for an hour as I obsess over coming up with the best one. Uh, I can't I, I can't seem to be in on maybe you can teach me how to be in on the club, though. I'm not in on the on. It seems to be like a, a group that everyone knows one another. Am I right about am I right about that? Yes, there is definitely a community. I, I, I became a part of it a long time ago. Actually, I, I built an app around it and uh, this whole hashtag roundup thing, sort of. I'll, I'll, I'll loop you in. Oh, after please do. Yeah. And kind of get, get you I going. I came up with one this morning or yesterday, and I'm going to run it by you. Huh. And we'll see it. Yeah, we'll, I'll get you on we'll, the schedule. We'll, we'll run see if it. it run, if it, we'll see if this works. And I tried about 10 of them on my private page on Facebook. It's called Pundemic. And it's it's all puns that have to do with this quarantine and the pandemic and so forth. So and and I came up with some good ones. I even my wife laughed, and then I know it's good. Well, if you, if the wife laughs, <laughs> oh then yeah, you know oh yeah. That if your wife's like my wife, if it's not funny, she's not mm-hmm. laughing. <laughs> well, that's the tester for me. I know I'm going to get a standing ovation if she gives me a big laugh. <laughs> I know it's going to give you good material. I run I run a lot of these things by her, and then it, sometimes I include her in the in the joke and then i act like she's the one that came up with the punchline within the like our tweet ex- our, our uh, tw- uh, text exchange or whatever it is so now all these people are going whoa she's funnier than you are <laughs> so she's getting all this credit and followers she said craig i don't know how to tell these jokes but uh so either way it's our household yeah once um my wife got on twitter she wasn't originally into these hashtag games or anything like that and then years ago i got her into it and sometimes she would actually say something. I go, oh, I'm doing it. And she would re- say something. I thought, oh, I'm going to use that. <laughs> and then she started getting into it and building up her own following. Oh. And then I couldn't, I, I lost one of my sources, <laughs> one of my ghostwriters. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> no, She takes them all yeah. herself. I got I to gotta work extra we're, hard here. <laughs> we're, we're creating monsters here. I'll probably be opening for my wife by the end of this quarantine. <laughs> 
it's unbelievable how much uh, how all these gigs have canceled for me so we don't really have outlets as comedians it's it's just the strangest time of my entire life i've been doing this since high school so it is quite an adjustment yeah it's 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 it must be really rough given it it's your full time are you doing any of the zoom ones are you doing any any of the yeah. um things that have kind of well actually i started something i'm doing zoom shows and here's my secret sauce you have to have laughter as a comic and zoom shows you can't get the laughter i mean you get you know they're coming across the screen it's a little delayed there's just it's not the same so in my studio where i am right now i have 15 people as an audience to give the laughter out and then i put the show out to the zoom audience so they're feeling this laughter as a matter of fact it was so good bouncing off the walls and my wife actually asked if I added a laugh track she was watching the show and she said wow that was amazing did you did you put in a laugh track of me it's so like there's somebody with a button like hitting it like an I love Lucy episode uh, but it was really uh it's really a good way to go about it and we've had about five or six of these shows where we have other comedians as well uh out of my studio and we COVID test and mask everybody too so it's a pretty cool show that's pretty. That's a great idea. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because that is what's missing. That's why, like, somebody called me and I'm like, I'm gonna refer you to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> refer them to me. We we got yeah we, well, we, well, now, yeah, we yeah, got yeah. the system down here. We'll do private parties. I say, listen, people for parties hire a clown. This is the same thing. You know, we're a bouncy house. <laughs> so why not? That's great because then they can feed off the laughter of the exactly. audience. That is, yeah. uh, and then you don't have that that weird feeling yeah. of not yeah. knowing what the reaction is. Well. It, absolutely and you know as a comic it's the only art form you absolutely you know you could play guitar at a holiday inn at a corner of a lobby and it's okay you know you could just play to yourself this is not something i was going to say we can't play with ourselves but uh <laughs> this is probably how we got into this business but anyway it's uh it's just we have to have that ingredient of the live laughter which is everything to do with the timing. I used to write for a t television show, and you can't possibly, in a writer's room especially, with all the, you know, everybody's jaded, you can't possibly come up with the best material unless you have that immediacy of the energy of the laughter. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Like, I always felt like even this, the shows I would do, if I knew who I was working with, and you could have that kind of bs and backstage and kind of get you into the mode before you even walk out yeah. there kind of just get you into that feeling you know to make it kind of fresh and new mm -hmm. again in yeah. your head and then and then channel that out to the audience that always made it feel yeah so it's good. their connection that's most important you have to have a connection to an audience you know and that that's absolutely essential with uh, stand-up comedy live stand-up comedy you have to have it you know if you watch a if you watch for instance a comedy special is produced in a theater and uh, you were just up there performing for nobody. Well, Bill Maher's show is showing that real time. I mean, he does, he does his show is has definitely taken a hit. It's uh, it's not the same show. I love that uh, program, but now that he's in front of uh, he's in his living room or his backyard, it's it's just it's comes across stale. It's a bummer. I'm with you 100%. We, uh, that's a, a must-watch show in our house, too. Uh, I get most of my politics from Bill Maher. But, the, but yeah, the, the at-home, for some reason, his, the formats of the things that he, he's mm -hmm. doing is, is just not landing the same. And I, I, sometimes I watch it and I wonder, like, 
if he could just be enjoying it more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's definitely not. It's almost yeah. like he's right. It's almost like he's re- reacting to the fact that no one's there, even though he's been doing it this long and yeah. no one's there. You know, I mean, there's a way to do it where you can kind of pretend it's there. I mean, you've gotten the laughs enough times. Yeah, or put a couple, <laughs> have a couple camera crew laugh. I mean, that that's that works as well because it just it's a feed thing, and his responses to a lack of laugh or a groan are half of the show as well. I mean, those and he's out of those responses now he has his dogs and there's only so many times you can hear them chasing a squirrel that (laughs) before it gets tiresome but you know love the show but not these days haven't liked it as much john oliver doesn't have a laugh track though he's he's that's a little different i don't know i really dig his show too such great writing well, he also he fully commits. Yes, he does. He's yeah. He's not acting no. like no one's no. there. He's fully into that. Yeah. And if you were watching one of those episodes, you wouldn't even realize. I think yeah. that for the most part, it was it was much different. You know, it was yep. he goes all yeah, exactly. in. exactly. <laughs> he goes all in. But the type of format that he has calls for that. It doesn't really call for the feedback on the jokes. He's just delivering off teleprompter and just. True. And you're right. He just gives it all the zest he can and all the power he can. But it's it's so well written that it's like if you're reading a book or something and it's funny, it's, it's just good. It connects with you. But yeah, I mean, I hope to get out there uh, at some point. Uh, at the, at right now, we're trying to produce television shows and things like that. And even that, though, is shut down, especially California. Very strict, uh, very strict governor that keeps changing the ordinances. So we can't even make a schedule for these shows right now. Yeah, it's, it's wild times right yeah. now. Just can't do anything. Can't make any plans. And now Trump wants to close TikTok. The world has gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the world has gone crazy. <laughs> oh, I know. It, you know, the one thing, if he doesn't get reelected, I will miss is you got to admit the dude is funny without trying to be funny because the funny is that there are people that are believing this, you know, it's, it's like watching wrestling. It's like watching pro wrestling and you have people going, Oh, this guy's going to win the championship and really believing that there isn't a predetermined winner. And, but so it's kind of, it's kind of comical. The the other day when he had that interview with Axios, (laughs) And he oh pulls out God. the papers. I literally thought it was Sasha Baron Cohen in a Trump fat suit. I thought he was going to unzip it at the end. It's really me because it looked like it was it was planned comedy. He's fumbling through, and he's this guy that's claiming that Biden is is senile. And and for all the Trump supporters that are listening right now, what I always say is like have a sense of humor. This is a guy that subjected himself to a Comedy Central roast at one time. When he had somewhat of a sense of humor, he didn't then, but still. So why is it suddenly you say the word and people freak out and they assume you hate him? No, it's comedy material and you do it with every president. You didn't do it with Obama because Obama wasn't as much nonsense, (laughs) wasn't as as hypocritical, wasn't as foolish, didn't say that there were that there were uh, rockets, red glare, and airplanes and airports in the 1700s. I mean, you know what I mean? So you've got to laugh at that. So don't be mad at me because you're dumb enough to believe that this guy is a genius. It's mind-numbing to watch these Republicans that I'm friends with, and I have no problem with Republicans. I don't have, like, problems with Donald Trump because he's a Republican. Which he's not anyway. You know, I... I, right. I mean, I, I maybe George W. and stuff wasn't my favorite, but I didn't. It wasn't just, be, you know, it, 
So with Trump, it's like I just don't understand how anyone can look at right. that and with a rational right, brain right. say, "Oh, this is okay." <laughs> right. Yeah. Like to watch that Axios interview and go, "Oh, this is yeah, normal. This, yeah. this is this is who this is who I I am comfortable this, running. This the is country. who I want leading me and be an example for my children. I mean, it started with debates for me. My son turned me. He was six at the time. Six. This was his observation. Did not come from me whatsoever. The Republican debates. He goes, hey, dad, what's up with Mr. Drunk? He calls him Mr. Drunk because he acted like a drunk. He's up there calling his penis size and liar this and, you know, calling each other names. This is where it all started. And then it became a normal. It became the new normal. And then they get into this whole snowflake thing. I said, who's a bigger snowflake? Somebody that says they're victimized on a daily basis, treated unfairly, compares himself to being more unfairly than Lincoln, I mean, who was shot in the head. <laughs> it's like, and you're actually going to go, yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. He's no snowflake. He's strong. No, whining and blaming and name-calling is the least thing that is, shows any indication of a power. If anything, it's the weakest we've ever been. But... You know, I mean, sorry, folks, if you don't agree with that, but that's just that's just fact is this is what he does on a daily basis. But I will if he's not elected, I will miss the comedy because it, it, you literally have you ever opened up Twitter and jo- what did he do today? That's how it is now. I don't I open up every yeah, day. You I go, can't you can't open Twitter and it's not what did what he do did, today? Have you, I, I have that thought all the time. I go, I just check to see. What did he do today? And what did he say today? What's, what Bible is he holding up after gassing people to get to the church that he never has been in? It's like, what did he do today that is out to fool people and that they're buying it? That is it's just fascinating to me. He was calling Thailand, Thailand. <laughs> he couldn't say Yosemite. Oh, how about Yosemite? <laughs> Yosemite. Yo- 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh it's, my God! Uh, it's just one thing after another, and it's like it's it's nice to hear um, that he's a pro uh, Yosemite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yes, it's always yeah, good to have it, a, yeah. someone who isn't right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh man! Uh, so so oh yeah. Uh, so anyway, those that that's our political section of the show, um, and. The other thing I have a problem with is people call everything political. No, this is societal. This is humanity. You know, enough with the, you know, like you just said, it's not Republicans and Democrats. It's where you are with your values. Do you hold on to your own personal values or do you abandon them over a party or a group or a gang or a religion? I do not. That's my thing is I just go with my own flow and what resonates with me. And I think you're the same way. Yeah, every in the beginning, anytime you said something about Trump, they go, "Well, oh Hillary," and I'm like, "Look, I didn't love Hillary. Right. I, you know, yeah. what I mean, I would, I would have been, I would have preferred Hillary to be president, but it doesn't mean I loved Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I don't think the Clintons are the greatest people. Right, in the that's world. what they. That's you know, their so only defense, though, is go to Obama, right? That's their defense. It's a, they have a playbook, and they go to it. And I said, I always say to them, "What about the countless Republicans?" that are actually honoring their own character and saying, speaking out like the Lincoln Project or his niece or Cohen or Bolton, who's the ultimate conservative, that should show you, if you had any common sense, that this has nothing to do with party and everything to do with people having strong values. And if he opposes them, you just speak up. 
the problem with all those people, the Bolton and the niece and everything, they always waited till it benefited them to do it. No one's, or the Jeff Flake, everyone was out of office. Oh, already. that's a good so point. Yeah. There, was, there was never any, Mitt Romney is like the only one who's in office who's really kind of going at Trump and really standing up for everything you know now whether that's for some hidden agenda that we'll reveal later I well don't know. Yeah. But like most of these people are like they have a reason bolton could have testified he waited till his book came out I or i don't even know if so it came out yet. same thing with the the, the niece and yeah. all of the the people that talk bad about him i mean even like susan collins all of them are still you know they oh well he'll be okay he'll get better uh, you know? oh it's god like, when are you gonna add a denial you know it's like a drunk at the end of the bar you know, are you going to go join him, you know, with his misplaced rage and, and you know, with the bigoted jokes and sexist and you know, <laughs> racist jokes? Or are you going to go get sober? <laughs> you know what I mean? Are you going to be one of the drunks or you're going to are you going to sober up and, you know, and live a better life, you know, and challenge people like that? Have an intervention. That's what we're doing right now. We're having an intervention on this guy. <laughs> Oh yeah, and at the expense of lives. Yes. I mean, like, I mean, people are dying with with the COVID nineteen, and this, you know, suddenly it's all about masks. Even though he told people not to wear masks, I think that's what the the Axios guy was. It was the best part of the interview was when he said, "You do understand that when you talk, these people listen to you, and yeah. what you say, <clears throat> yeah. they internalize, and it becomes their reality. So when you say don't wear a mask, yeah. they're not going to wear a mask." And then for the months that you didn't, and now you're finally saying, well, you know, I'd wear a mask. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so that's, you know, people are dying because yeah. of that. You know, I mean, one guy goes to a, where, I don't remember where it was. I just read it. But one guy goes to this thing and 91 people got infected. Wow. From it, right. So it's like, you know, it's all because they're just not doing the right things. And it yeah. all came top down. Right. Herman Cain lost his life by going to a rally and supporting the no mask policy. I mean, it's just. Where, where, when's it going to come to the point where you just go, that's what I always wonder when someone goes, all right, I've had enough. I bought it. Now I don't, you know what I mean? When are you going to look behind the curtain? We t- what, it's going to take a lot of totos to keep on pulling those curtains though. No, I agree. And Herman Cain should have, you'd think that would have been a wake up call. No. There's nothing no. wakes up anybody. Yeah. He tweeted about, oh, no mask for me, you know, whatever yeah. he said, you know, prior yeah. to that, um, that rally. Right. And then unfortunately he passed away. Jeez. I don't, you know, and I, when I saw that, I was, it was legit sad. I mean, he was a great, he was a character. I mean, I remember him running. Right, right. <laughs> it was just like, you know, but it's just, it's so tragic and like, they don't see it as tragic. Yeah. You know, it's, and then the, the best part though, that has come out of a lot of this is, uh, Kellyanne and what's her husband's name? Oh my name? God. Well, he's the head <laughs> of the Lincoln project. It's awesome. Yeah. But their daughter, their daughter oh, right. is so funny. She goes at them. Or more at her, yeah. but like uh, she's the most anti-Trump person. Awesome. Uh, by the way, so is Kellyanne. She's another sellout. People just sell their souls for money. It's just amazing to me. But you know, uh, we'll we'll just have some fun with it, though. We can't take it that serious. Obviously, just be respectful with the masks and so on, and social distancing. And you know, let's all get better together. That's what I want. 
I want to get more laughter out there. You know, I have an organization called Laughter Heals. I don't know if you're aware of that. I do. You formed it in 2003. Oh, oh look at you with your bio in front of you. Is that part of my renaissance, man? I did research. I, 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 I love that. Okay. I was, I was ready. Hopefully, hopefully you didn't dive too deep into my ex-wife. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I was going through the divorce papers. <laughs> oh. interesting, interesting settlement. I have oh, this, would, this would be a whole other interview if you went through the divorce papers, which continued, by the way, 15 years later. That's a whole other story. It just prompts more comedy for me. There's no comedy without pain, and I certainly have endured my share. No, I think it's great. I'd love to talk about it. So you, is it, did you get your honorary doctorate for this? Actually. Because <laughs> you're a doctor. Yeah, you're a doctor. I, I've studied uh, the healing powers of laughter since 03. Uh, what happened was my best friend, Michael Goldberg, a uh, Philly guy, Moved to L.A., became a successful writer. He wrote Cool Runnings, Little Giants. We bonded through comedy. Directed my first movie, The Love Master. And actually, during the filming, was I had heard from, Michigan was the first part place I heard this, by the way. Someone came up to me after a show at Mark Ridley's, and they said, we want to thank you. And I said, oh, it's all right. You know, I just thought it was a regular thank you. They go, no, really, we were told we couldn't have a child. And we saw your show. My husband went home and tried to do The Love Master. And we made love, and we have a baby girl now, even though we were told we could not have a child. And I said, whoa, that's pretty crazy. And I started studying <laughs> the healing powers of laughter, and it shifts consciousness, it relieves stress. And when you're trying to have a baby, this relieves it of you're just trying to have a few laughs, and you happen to be having sex at the same time. And what better way to bring a child into the world? And it happened five more times. People came up to me and gave me credit. One sent me a photo of a child conceived in the parking lot of the Brea Improv. I should show it to you right now. I have the photo on my phone. This is years ago. But anyway, uh, so Golds, we were filming in, uh, this is Michael Goldberg, Golds. We were filming in Arizona, and he, his wife was ovulating. We're, in a, we're about to watch the Eagles against the Lions in the playoffs is how long ago it was. And I, I, I know I, you're probably a Lions fan. Begrudgingly, it's, we exactly. all are. It's, 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 it's a lot. So you probably yeah. remember the day they were in the playoffs in the last 30 days, 30 <laughs> years. So uh, anyway, we were about to watch. She, and I said, listen, do the Love Master. I'll go get sandwiches. I came back, and baby Kayla was conceived that day. And uh, a year and a half after that, he got brain cancer, and they gave him three months to live. And that was my haha moment and really did a dive into the healing powers of laughter i formed the uh, laughter heals and we have workshops we worked in this cancer facility and gold showed up at every one of them he took my prescriptions which i tell other people watch as many comedies as you can laugh as much as you can i guarantee your life will be better better what laughter does to you and healing endorphins are being released as you laugh and just a smile and you're feeling better so you can shift your own consciousness and your own health by laughing more. So we have a pharmacy that exists inside of us, but we're just so filled with, I tell people, get off the news, that damn you know, scroll, crawl that comes across. Here's what will scare you today. We, you know, they just list it. That they, here's how many deaths. I won't even watch the corona deaths anymore. I'm not going to watch that, hit those stats. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, I care, but I don't. I, I got the warning. I know what the mandates are. I don't need to hear stats to just keep break down my own immunity with the fear. So Gold showed up at every one of them. They gave him three months to live. He lived 15 years past that prognosis. 15, 15 years. That's amazing. Yes. 
And it is amazing. And we filmed it for a documentary we'd like to do is, uh, you know, show, I, I visited him in hospice a few years ago. And uh, he was in a coma and he was staring. I, need, I said, Golds, I don't even know if you know I'm here. What could I do for you? Because I'd done so much. We had, all, we had a team would do things for him and help him out all through his recovery. And, and you just could see it was the end. He's just staring. And, and I said, what can I do? And I said, you want me to give you a hand job? <laughs> so, <laughs> and I said, I've never done anybody but my own, but I'm really good with myself. Can I give you a little handy? He came out of a coma and he goes, <laughs> and he laughed. We have, it, we have it on film. And he passed away a few days later. And just to bring this full circle, I got the announcement in Michigan when I was playing Ridley's Comedy Castle. I got the announcement, he passed oh. away. You know, I, it really is a testament to what uh, laughter does, and that is what I studied. And man, I'm Dr. Dr. Craig Shoemaker. I got my podcast, Dr. Craig Shoemaker, Can I Help You? I love helping people, and if that's one of the ways to help them, that's a fantastic thing, is to encourage more joy, more laughter. We're supposed to be pursuing happiness in this country. Why do they ignore that? It's, that's an, ama- it's an amazing story, and it's, it's such a blessing. Yeah, you helped him with 15 more yeah. years. And his daughter got uh, to know him. By the that's, way, by the way, we incredible. had a we didn't have a funeral. We had a funeral, and we and we roasted <laughs> him. It was so funny, and tears, laughter, both you know, sad tears, happy tears, and his daughter got to see him through our eyes of what he was like when he was well. You know, this great writer in person, and and she went up and just brought the whole house down. You know, she's now I know my dad through everyone else's eyes, and we bonded through laughter and comedies and making comedy. And that's something that's, uh, I wish there was more encouragement of that, that we are essential workers being comics. I mean, this is something that needs to be out there, but uh, there's no health insurance for us. There's no PP, whatever loans, PP loans. <laughs> there's, a, there's, <laughs> no, there's nothing, there's yeah. nothing. There's no poo-poo loans, nothing for us. Uh, we're the court jesters, and we're forgotten. And I do believe that we are doctors that should all be out there healing as much as possible. And I think they should open up some of these comedy venues, just do social distancing and practice, you know, masking and everything else. But let's get out there together as a community and and start uh, shifting. I'm with you 100% on that. Nothing makes you feel better than laughing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. You know, when uh, my dad passed away about four years ago, and so I spoke. I wanted to speak. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't do sad. <laughs> you know, I don't get in front of an audience and do sad. Right. And, you know, fortunately, there was, there was probably, there was over a thousand people at oh, his wow. funeral. And I mean, it was insane. I, I couldn't get over it. And I basically did a routine. I remember like, you know, just because it was through my eyes how I remember him. That's, and that's how I express myself when I'm in front of people. You know, I can't, sure. I can't do it any other yeah. way. And for years years afterwards and for years people came up to me saying how what i, I did and how i presented it made them feel yeah. so yeah. good you know you what i mean comf- in such a weird you're comforting time them exactly you know? yeah and it was you wouldn't have got that from the generic no. he was so good <laughs> he would be this and he had such a heart of gold yeah. i mean everyone has a, you know, <laughs> you know, none of that you know what i mean it's like I mean, it's all true but it's like there's yeah those like, are standard it's, it's not how yeah. people when when people hear the real story, mm-hmm. which is the funny mm-hmm. version or the, you know, then that's what they resonate with. So I'm with, I'm with you hundred percent. I mean, that's what we need right now to get, get people out there, get people actually 
laughing. Yeah, again. people resonate with the humility of the story, you know, that he was a real person, but not this just leading every day with his heart of gold and his hard work ethic and all that kind of stuff and goodness. No, he's got times where he's failing and flawing and, you know, rumbling, stumbling, crumbling, fumbling. You know, this is, this is how we relate. That's what comedy is. You relate to the truth that we all have these failures and flaws. And it's, I, I love that you did that. I, that's what we did with Colts. We just told these stories of what a goof-ass he was, too. You know, it's, it's great. It, and it brings the human element to it. Uh, I just think we need more of that as well. Yeah, people want to be remembered how you want to be remembered, not, not the weird, glossy version. Right, right. <laughs> you know, the, the rabbi or priest picks up on mm-hmm. after the meeting with the family. Yeah. So. It was, but it's you know it's it's interesting. Like um, my stepmom died during the COVID, mm. and so I wasn't even at the funeral. You know, we watched on Zoom. Oh my god! You know, what I mean, like ten really? people there. I think now you can have in some places eighty, you know, or something wow. like that. But but it's the whole death process and stuff now, even through COVID. That's why it's like so. You know, even the grieving stuff. You know, every emotion that you have to go through, you need people around. Wow, right? you need to be That's able to connect point. with people. Yeah, so, I mean, this is. Listen, a grieving process is something that's also kind of tossed aside. You know, we're not taught this. And it's something that should be taught because grief can literally run you for the rest of your life and not in a good way if you don't process it properly. And we're just not taught these skills. Man, if I was president, I have so many things I would do. You know, changing. I would do executive orders for mental health, mental health. And that's part of mental health is dealing with resentments, dealing with pain. You know, we're not taught these things. We're taught to do bypasses on them and just go to 1492 Columbus sailed the ocean blue. I mean, these are the poems that we remember from when we were kids to memorize, you know, shit from white dudes. <laughs> you know, that white dudes did that supposedly made us into better people, you know. And I, it's just I step back and I go, no, no, I'm a better person the more I get in a in a transformational frame of mind, you know, mindset. If I do that, I'm a much better person than being able to study and repeat things that they tell me to repeat. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. So do you do, you do speaking then yeah. on this specifically? You know, like, do you do the comedy, but then you yeah. also do like, do this is mm-hmm. you know, like to organizations and stuff like that so people can hire yeah. you to kind of come yeah. in. And they go to my website. Talk about comedy for the soul. Yeah, absolutely. Well, oh, you looked that one up too, didn't you? See, uh, Soul Shoemaker, you didn't get that. You didn't make that connection, did you? <laughs> soul <laughs> Shoemaker. My first joke that I ever told when I was a kid, my very first joke, and I got a laugh, was, uh, hey, Jerub, my shoe factory burnt down. Some big heel started it. Uh, <laughs> a lot of souls were lost. That was it, baby. There that was my go. opening joke. Oh, that was a killer in fourth and fifth grade, man. I was. <laughs> they always said the girls want a sense of humor. That is the biggest crock I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that was the quarterback lines up the girls, not the comic. If there's no quarterbacks, then uh, then you got no, 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 no. I don't care if they're. I don't care if they're the the third string fat tackle. That was ahead of me as a comic. The girls, uh, they all use the f word with me. Friend, I was always the friend. The comics are always the friend. (laughs) That is true. That is true. So soul, yeah. Schumacher. Yeah, you got that. <laughs> By the way, thanks for getting my name right. A lot of people go, Schumacher, my best favorite comedian, Craig Schumacher. I said, it, it, it's Shoemaker. You don't mock shoes. You make shoes. 
right? Unless, unless they're Crocs, those you can mock. You can mock those all day long. You know what the holes are for? So your self-esteem can slip out. By the way, I have a pair on right now because I don't care anymore. When I was a MC, I was I always that was one of the things they taught me. You always always get the name right. Yeah, I was like, that's, that's your job. Your, that's, that's your job, dude. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. If you can be, funny, if you're also funny, <laughs> bonus, bonus. <laughs> but uh, it's so but get, true. I had a guy pay me once just because he knew I'd say something right. He didn't want to trust the guy at the club. You know, to like just introduce him. Like I'm gonna pay you. Just do 15 minutes. But I need you to introduce me. That is, you know <laughs> like, what? That's okay. a great idea. When I'm, you know, I mentor comedians a lot of times. I'm going to tell them that if you want more work, just put on your resume, resume, great at remembering names and you're hired right under, under those auspices. That's fantastic. If that's all we need, it's all we need from you. Just get the name right. The only, the only time I ever, I, I worked with uh, Kostaki Kananopoulos. Oh, that's a rough one. And that was over a decade ago. And you can see, like, I was so scarred. I, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's the, the, now I can just rattle it off, no problem. Even a decade later, you know, as the, I was the MC, and it was the second show, which was like at 1030. So it was like an hour in between. And so, that, you know, you're not moving. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, and then you just got to get up. And I go to read it. And I didn't have any momentum with me, and it's late, and I'm like, Kostaki, it kind of... And you know, like, once you can't say a word, you can't say a word, right? Nothing nothing against (laughs) Kostaki. I've known him a long time. Great guy, great comedian. But change your name. (laughs) I don't understand why people don't change their name. I came close to changing mine. It's not that difficult. But that one is, like, nearly impossible. Unless you're in Greece, if you're doing a whole tour... Of the uh, a G and C <laughs> by boat, I, if, if, <laughs> yeah, what, what, exactly. okay. Then then you've got a name. Then then I should change my name. But in the meantime, in America, that's a rough that's a rough one on all the MCs. I'm sure he's taken down quite a few. Well, he had a, he had a joke ready. He had a, yeah. obviously, you know, he was he was prepared right, for that. But he was, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so let's see what else. We can talk about you. You've got many comedy specials out, right? Netflix yeah. uh, and Showtime special. Dad Attitude, they're actually put, is out again. I think I just saw that. It's I on Amazon. Just, yeah, yeah. Amazon. Yeah. It's out again. I have no idea if I've made it. I could probably with all of the money, all the money that I made from uh, Amazon, I could probably buy a new bottle of hand sanitizer. I think that's. that's oh yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm no. saving up. I'm talking bulk. I'm talking about big bulky. A big, big one, bulk. A, a big from Costco. I can afford that after I get my check from Amazon. I don't know where the hell the money goes. I know it's getting views. Yeah, it's Datitude. I did it the same night as an unknown. <laughs> listen to this, this unknown comedian at the time. I was kind of known, but he, he. I said, "What, what are you guys doing?" Like they, they, they took my set, you know, the, at the Web Theater in Anaheim, and they're not like kind of breaking it down but they're also putting other set pieces out and well what's going on here they said oh we have another comedy special we're doing they were doing like two in one night they just changed a couple set pieces and this kind of (laughs) and i ran into him hey man what's up you know i kind of knew him before and so this is 2013 and this dude exploded after that and and i'm and i'm here on with you uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, no, he's uh, yeah, Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, Sebastian. Yeah, yeah. I interviewed him last, last week. week. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 
so he's still he's still taking my stage. But I couldn't no. believe how this guy. I mean, he's literally a multi-jillionaire selling out stadiums now. And my special was good. You know, it was I got great reviews, but I certainly didn't head to stadiums after. Them. And so that's all I gotta say about Sebastian. Uh, that's all I have to say about comedians catapulting to fame. I know. Well, I think this one, this one should, this will, when I post this, I'm sure though, big things will happen. (laughs) 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 Once I tweet this out. (laughs) How many followers do you have? On Twitter? Yeah. Uh, 44,000. Oh, I feel great about myself now that I have less than that and have had a decades-long career headlining, playing 70,000 people, (laughs) Comedian of the Year, American Comedy Awards, Emmys, and I have less people than you do who was an opening act trying to get names right (laughs) of the headliners that you're introducing that's the great. Guy, I feel wonderful about that. The guy that could barely open for Kostaki Kononopoulos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or say his name. And now you have more followers. I have 37,000. I probably paid for half of them. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I got to get this down. You, uh, that, that's, that, listen, as payback for my time with you, just coach me in getting more people. I don't know how to do this. I know, I, that I, I know for a fact I'm funny on these hashtags. And I'll get like three likes. It drive, drives me nuts because I'm not in the community, as you call it. It's about, ti- it's about timing. I'll get in, I'm going to make sure you have the hashtag Roundup app. So that sends you a push when the games start. I just got it. Okay, cool. I just and got that- it. And I played the game right away. I jumped right on it. Still five likes. That's about as good All as right, I so did. do you... Do you retweet other people or engage with other people? Because that's that's one of the keys to like yeah, internet yeah. success. I think a lot of comedians feel like their page needs to be all of them, yeah. And so that can lead to other people because it's it's not it's not quid pro quo in terms of everyone you retweet. It, yes, it retweet is. Yes, back. it is. Yes, it is. Donald, it, it is a total <laughs> quid pro quo. Absolutely, well, you have to follow them back, and you got to you know. Hey, great, you know, but in the meantime, I'm trying to think of more of them, you know, to fire out and I don't have time to keep going. Hey, hilarious. Uh, Good job. That was great. So I'm spending so much time. I hosted one the other day. I was never so nervous. I remember. I remember you did a great job. Did Did I? Yeah, we will. You'll host one with me. We can do You can host with me tomorrow. We're doing I do a fake the fake facts game. And you, we can, you can do that with me. I can add you to that. I can, if you're free at one o'clock tomorrow. Not, I'm not, I am not free tomorrow, right. but we'll I will find do another it another time. time. And I want you to put my hashtag out there, pandemic. I think that'll fly. We'll do it. All right. We'll find yeah. a time. We'll do that. Uh, I'll hook you up with, uh, I know people. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So tell me what it was like then you mentioned this briefly, but tell me what it was like to win the funniest male stand-up, which is way cooler than having tons what? of Twitter followers. I can well, it is, <laughs> but uh, you know, it does me no good. As a matter of fact, all it did for my career was heighten the resentment of other comedians. <laughs> so, isn't it funny how that happens? Like people just can't be happy for other people. You become a target. I mean, I remember that night. Now, the previous winners, you have to understand, going into it, it was a big deal. It's like our Oscars. They don't even have a comedy division in the Oscars. That also pisses me off beyond belief. They'll have, you know, best documentary short that no one ever saw, no one ever heard of, but these great comedians that are, you know, making millions of dollars for the studios. You can't have an Oscar for the comics or the funny people. It makes no sense whatsoever. 
So they finally did this for years. They had the American Comedy Awards on ABC, and the previous winners were Jerry Seinfeld, Ellen DeGeneres, Jeff Foxworthy. So I figured, wow, if I win, I'm going to have my own sitcom about a gay redneck in a show about nothing. So, <laughs> so I was like, I, this would be great if I win. And sure enough, I was nominated, and it's down to five, and they announced it was uh, Lily Tomlin, Legend, and Roseanne. They announced Craig Shoemaker, and I went up on stage. And for the following, that whole night was the loneliest night of my life. It was horrible. I didn't know where to go. I had a limousine they gave me. I'm like, and he's like, where do you want to go? And I got my big trophy. But uh, <laughs> so I walked into the comedy store, and it was like I was a leper. And they're oh, look at him carrying his award. What an ass. Because it's awards are kind of anti-comedy, you know what I mean? Because awards, you're supposed to be sarcastic about them. It's a... You know, and cynical. That's part of our nature is to be cynical. So we don't want to, you know, encourage that. And they came after me and I became a target. But thank God Jeff Dunham won the following year. Jeff Dunham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took me right off the radar. You know, uh, but yeah, it was really not anything good came out of that. And nor the Emmys. There's nothing that's come good out of these awards. The best award I ever received was my ex-wife had a uh, family reunion in Massachusetts. And, and they gave me the horse's ass trophy. It's a trophy of a of a horse's ass, and I'm most proud of that. <laughs> it it seems like you know if the more the better a comic does uh, when Dane Cook got successful, oh, they all God, went after yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you know, I'm not saying Carrot Top, you know, having a huge success oh, in God, Vegas, yeah, everyone yeah. went after him. Uh, Absolutely. You yeah. know, uh, who's that? Wait, why am I blanking on his name? Hickory Dickory Duck. Who's Andrew that? Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay, yeah. big, one of the biggest ever, right? In terms of being able to sell out. Sure. Stadiums, yeah, destroyed them, right? And it's like you know, and then comics always use the word hack, right? And I say, you know what's hack is you using the word hack. You need another word. <laughs> you ever think about that? It's like it's like everybody ah, hack hack. It's it's so easy. It's just so it's so easy to attack. You know, it's so easy to criticize. But I always say, try just getting out there and just doing it. And I'm not taking your job away from you or audience away from you. That's, that's an audience for me to have my own pathway. I develop your own. And it's not going to do you any good to try to take down other comics that are just out there, you know, analyzing every word that comes out of a comic's mouth. Now the cancel culture is driving me nuts. I told this story on stage and I could not believe the reaction that it got. This is how sensitive people are. It's a true story. And my mom came to visit me. She's starting to lose her hearing. But she won't wear a hearing aid. She's too vain. Like she was walking down one day. She was walking down this uh, little ravine. And a guy comes up behind her. He goes, Steep Hill. She goes, Hi, Steve Hill. Nice to meet you. I'm Barbara Shoemaker. Right? <laughs> so she won't wear the hearing aids. So she comes to visit me. It's this absolute conversation that took place. She's in the passenger seat. And I'm driving in L.A. And she goes, Craig. What are you going to do about that flood at your house? I go, that's all right, Mom. I got my own wet vac. You know, wet vac. The wet, right, vac, right, right. The wet vacuum. Yeah, yeah. She thought I said a derogatory term for a Mexican. This is what she thought. And she knows I'm not that way. I'm the opposite. She, so she goes, my, my, Craig, that is an awful thing to say. And I'm going, what are you talking about, Mom? A lot of people have them. It's California. El Nino, they're a necessity. She goes, you have your own? I go, I got mine in the garage. They're handy. <laughs> on and on it goes. And she's assuming that her, her 
like quote unquote liberal son, Hollywood son, you know, she, we're from Philadelphia, <laughs> has turned into this racist. So and then it ends with she goes, well, where do you get one? She's fascinated. I go right in front of Home <laughs> Depot. There's all <laughs> anyway. So that's the conversation. Oh, I told man. that conversation on stage, which is very funny. And it's true. Eight people got up and left midway through this story. Bam. Hi. Just got up. I was like, where are you going? Racist. It's like, so that's where we are right now. The comics are just first in line to be beaten down even more than we were already. It's amazing. I don't want to sound like a victim, but I am sounding like a person that's saying, let's encourage the comedians. Don't just stand back. And I said, I said last week at the Zoom show, I said, you don't like a joke? He's got a, he or she's got another one coming in like one second. Just wait. Just move on from it. Just move. It's a, I didn't like that one. You don't have to boo or groan or protest. Just move on to the next joke. But that's not what we're doing now. No. Everyone's extremely sensitive. Yeah. I, I see it every day. People connect dots. And whether the dots are actually connectable or not, even if they're out of order and they don't make sense, if somehow they can thread a story that fits what they want to talk about, yeah. they'll do it. They'll find a way. Yeah, they and do. it's it's just it's hard. It's hard to you know you gotta be careful you can't even open your mouth. Can't know what, open your mouth. I know what sucks is the they is a very small portion of people. It's very, very small, but it's apparently it's a powerful voice because they threaten advertisers. That's their big thing. Or they threaten you know, so it's just and people live in fear. I'm like, live in your own life. Live your own life and just what makes you laugh, enjoy that. Don't have other people's criticism of what's funny and what's not. You have your own sense of self, have your own sense of humor. And move on to the ones that resonate with you, and you don't have to watch the ones that don't. Exactly. All right, so speaking of hilarious sense of humor, I definitely want to cover a love master, right? So <laughs> you're, you're the love master. That's, what you're, yeah. you're, that's yeah. your thing. That's what you're known that's what, got me, that's what got me, uh, yeah, the, the money. The Love so Master bought, bought me a home. <laughs> so that's, it's sort of like you got your, your on-stage persona, and then you go into, you become this Love Master character yeah. who's yeah. a little, se- is, well, not a little, sorry, he's sexual. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He, I, he's, I, I, he's a Lothario. He's a Lothario. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you the, where it spawned from was I was a geek. Uh, in high school, which I'm assuming, can we say that you were as well? You Did can you little, say it, yes. I can say <laughs> I would, would you believe it or, or not? Yes, or you, I, yes okay. I understand. So, so we're in agreement there. This is how most comedians were geeks in high school, which is where a lot of suffering happened for people like us. So the way to deal with it was they always wanted bad guys, so I gave them the bad guy. And that's the character is this bad guy. It's a character. And when people get offended by this, by the way, I go out of my mind. I go, it's a character. Just like you watch a character, you know, like in, in The Godfather, there's people killing each other. But, it, you know, it's just, but you're watching the movie and enjoying it. So enjoy the character. So, uh, yeah, he's a sexual guy. So the girls would go, oh, you're my friend. And I was so geeky. I had this high voice. I was voted shortest in the school. I'm 6'2 now, which is weird. But I, was, I, was, I had no pubic hair. I, I, I would take showers, gym showers. I, it looked like, um, it looked like a, a, a wall switch on a panel. That's what I had going on down there. And so, so I'm already not feeling great. And the girls are all, you know, using the F word friend. So now I'm like, oh, yeah, baby. Give the geek a chance. 
That's right, baby. I'll love you so good. Your neighbor will have a smoke, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's I, six feet social distancing. Yeah, baby. That's just a tip for the love master. <laughs> That's my new COVID version of the love master. But anyway, so yeah, he channels through me and most people have fun with it. There's occasionally that ah, sexist, you know, they don't understand. Look at the intent of the comic or look who they really are. I'm like, I'm like a major feminist, actually. I'm saying that you think I'm saying these guys are great guys. No, I'm saying don't go for these guys. These guys are pigs. But actually, I had women that went for the love master in my past. Honestly, I swear to God. I've had women that just want to sleep with the love master, not me. <laughs> I had it happen one night. I was in Seattle. And I'll admit it. It was a one-nighter. And I convinced her to go up to my hotel room. And we're in the elevator. Oh, yeah. Press 12. 12. That's right. That's me folded in half, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like that, right? She said, oh, God, that's so... Oh. And we get in, we get in bed, and then she's, and then I somehow I broke out of character, became me, and I and I was done in five seconds. I was such a disappointment. I was nothing like the love master said. <laughs> I, I always think to myself, if she's, st- if to, if she ever sees me on TV, go, oh God, there's Huff Puff over here, Huff Puff, <laughs> Huff Puff and go. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's the love master's been just you know fun for me. What's great about it is, it's kind of. What's good about this is I can keep changing the lines. So it's like a best of the people requests. They yell it out. And it's not like Springsteen. He can't change the lyrics. He can't do baby, I'm born to trot. Baby, I'm born to jog one night. No, you got to say you got to say the words, right? This one, I have literally hundreds of love master lines. We should do a hashtag love master lines so other people can write some new ones for me. That's a great idea. We'll do it. We'll do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I think that's, uh, <laughs> that'd be a fun one. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Very cool. Is your Comedy Central special on Zip that still rotating on Comedy Central? Oh, I have no, I have no idea. No, I, I, I just wish I could. I, I wish I knew where these things were. If I could get I, I think they just get lost and someone else collects your money for you. It's uh, I think someday, probably like three days before I die, they're going to go, by the way, we have all this unclaimed money. <laughs> to pay for your casket. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, this was great. I appreciate you stopping by and hanging with me. So oh, my pleasure, man. It's been a while since we've known each other on Twitter. Now we now we had a little face to face time, and it, it's great. And um, after this, I'm looking forward to having more followers that follow you. We will get we will get you more Twitter followers. We will. So I everyone everyone follow Craig on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? The Love Master, of course. And of I need course. Instagram engagement too. I'm official Craig Shoemaker on Instagram. And please, someone tell me you heard me on here, so I can know that my hour was worth it. What's <laughs> oh God. that is a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> it was now you know comedy. Uh, you know truth is the best for comedy. So. There's some truth in that, but no, no, I did enjoy myself. I've been wanting to meet you for a while and uh, admire your tweets and, and now admire you as a, as a person. So I'm glad we were here. Likewise, I've admired you from far. And it definitely, once the clubs uh, start to open up again, folks, and when Craig Shoemaker comes to your town, 
It's a must-see. It's a must-see. He's definitely a comedic highlight. Thank so, you. And uh, come see me. Uh, come check out my schedule, craigshoemaker.com, and sign up for my shoes letter. You get a little entertained, find out what's going on, find out where you can get your laughter medicine, right? That's right. It's all there. It's all there. Thanks again. We'll see you, you next bro. time. Oh, my God. That was so much fun. I couldn't even believe I got to speak with Craig Shoemaker. Oh, that was that was incredible. Thanks for sharing that with me. And please, when the clubs open back up, do not miss an opportunity to see Craig and the Love Master live in your town. I guarantee it'll be the greatest night ever. All right, so time for time for the hashtag roundup trend of the week. Okay, so I had invited Craig to join me to a game that we did today. We recorded yesterday. And today's game was fake facts, and it was fake Thailand facts. So it kind of ties into the whole Donald Trump and his misspeaking about saying Thailand as Thailand. So I run a fake facts game, and we did fake Thailand facts. And here's some of the best. Okay, hashtag fake Thailand facts. These are fake, folks, but so is Thailand. CK, who also guest hosted. Trump's favorite city in Thailand is Bangkok. (laughs) <laughs> all right. Okay, here's another one. And you can find all these at Jeff Dwoskin Show on Twitter. Go to there. Follow it. That's my Twitter handle for the podcast. Fake Thailand facts. Cannot take wingmen to the bar. Only thigh men are allowed. <laughs> all right. If you like Thailand, you should visit Budapest. Budapest. <laughs> I said it wrong. Budapest. That's a good one. That's funny. There are Gap stores in Thailand, but they're called Thigh Gaps. (laughs) The number one dish in Thailand is chicken pad thigh. And here's a fake Thailand fact that you may have already known. It's the birthplace of Suzanne Summers (laughs) and her thigh master. Oh, and here's some reality. Until COVID-19, Thailand's greatest health crisis was chafing. (laughs) All right. We do these games every day, all day. Check out hashtag roundup at hashtag roundup on Twitter. Download the app. Have some fun with us. Be sure to tell all your friends about the podcast. Like, subscribe. We're on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at thejeffdwoskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show, and we'll see you next time.